CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Read the Chicago Reader to get up to speed on what's what in Chicago. Culture. Food. Arts and entertainment. Weekly concert listings. Weekly event listings. The environment. Travel. I can continue, but you get the point. And for all of you Chicago political junkies, raw weekly columns on real city politics from Maya Dukmasova and our very own Ben Jarofsky. The Chicago Reader. Free to the public in newsstands throughout the city and online at chicagoreader.com. Read it now and be a more informed Chicagoan. Don't go anywhere. Hour number two of the Ben Jarofsky Show is brought to you in part by the Chicago Reader and our good friends at the Chicago Federation of Labor. Benny J, take it away. Every Friday on the Ben Jarofsky Show, Ramon Hussein, sometimes editor, sometimes columnist, proud graduate of Niles West High School. Uh, and I just threw that in there. And a dear friend of the Ben Jarofsky Show joins us. Ramon, it looks like you're on the road somewhere. Uh, no, I just have my coat on. I'm, I just came into my mom's house. I'm locked in my old bedroom. I'm just going to go on a walk. I'm off today, so I'm going to go on a walk with my sister and a friend. In Wait, a you're in your old bedroom? Yeah. Wow, we can see like the posters. I'm really curious what the posters are on the wall from the 1980s. No, the, the, the posters have been taken down. It's been kind of renovated, but unfortunately, it's been renovated the way I would want it now. Like it has like all these... Um, it has this great cabinet where you can put jewelry and on uh, all that stuff. So I have to, I, whenever I get a new house, I'm going to make, uh, make, make sure I have one of these things at my next place. All right. Your next place, uh, as opposed to the place you live now. All right. I said, we were uh, we were having a conversation about Dennis and I were having a conversation about twenty minutes ago, and I made a prediction that you would know the answer to this. Okay. So you have no prep. Uh, this is totally improvised. Uh, she's I'm watching her, so she's not cheating and looking at her phone. I predicted you would know the answer to this. Uh, I just looked it up on my phone. I was trying to recall a movie yeah. starring Richard Gere and Edward Norton. Oh. Where, I know that movie. Uh, and I couldn't remember the name. At first, I couldn't remember Edward Norton's name. It was a real baby boomer struggle I was having. Uh, but I got, I recalled Edward Norton. I remember the movie very well. Uh, I was really into this movie. I think I've seen it twice. It wasn't Primal think? Fear, was it? Yes! Okay. Excellent! Okay. <laughs> Hussein, ladies and gentlemen! <laughs> she didn't let me down! <laughs> I, I, I just, I have fond memories of that movie for many reasons. Because, you know, my parents saw it first. My parents, we got them, like, or we urged them to go on a cruise. I don't know why, because that's something my parents wouldn't do. But they went on a cruise, and uh, they, you know, I guess they had, every night they had a movie, and my parents came back. My mom told me about this awesome movie, and this guy, she was telling me about the young man who did a really good job, and who accused, uh, you know, the priest of molesting him, or the cardinal of molesting him. This is the Chicago cardinal. And then I remember reading reviews about it, but I saw it after my parents. So my parents were cooler than me on, on that. Um, and I remember, you know, the, you know, the movie was filmed at 26 and Cal too, as well. Did you know that? I did, you know, if I probably knew it at one point, cause I've seen it twice, but I did not remember that. Yeah. 
and if you go to the courthouse, you know, I actually covered the courthouse for about 10 years. I was a criminal courts reporter before I became a full-time editor. There's one courtroom where it kind of looks a little more spiffy than the others. <laughs> and uh, I was told that that was the courtroom that they used for the movie. So they kind of upgraded it and kind of changed a little. I mean, the... The um, there's fishbowl court fishbowl courtrooms at 26 and Cal, which were made in the 70s and are, are not very attractive. But the older courtrooms are really attractive. But there's one that stands out. And then I actually knew the prosecutor who um, actually trained or prepped Richard Gere on how to play um, because uh, he played the prosecutor, right? So how to play the prosecutor or the defense attorney. Maybe he was a defense attorney. I think but he was defense attorney. Yeah, he was a defense attorney. Yeah. And so um, she, there was there was a prosecutor, an assistant state's attorney, who was um, Richard Gere's coach or kind of prepped him on a lot of stuff that lawyers talk about. All right, well, let me tell you why it came up. And then I'll transition to, I'll uh, throw a, a real tough question at you, see if you duck and dodge it. So it came up because Dennis was reading a news item about uh, former alderman Eddie Verdoli. Uh-huh. He got eighteen sense. months. Yeah, 18 he got months eighteen months. Mm-hmm. Okay, that was not the trivia question. Oh, so uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, damn, she's thinking. <laughs> <laughs> We're not there yet. Uh, wait, hold on. Brown line passing. I'll let the suspense build. Also, the trivia question is not uh, spell Verdoliac. Yeah, oh, no. yeah, that's a. Ramona could do that one because she's an editor. But okay, I was gonna say I I, I thought you were gonna say I could do that because I was Indian and good at spelling. But no, I didn't <laughs> go there. I went with the editor thing, which is a lot you know less offensive because uh, I'm still allowed to make fun of editors. Okay, Indians um, are good uh, at spelling. That's okay. Go ahead. Yeah. Actually, I know some Indians who are terrible spellers. I'm just throwing that out there, okay? <laughs> just throwing that out there. Some Indian Americans are good at spelling, and others uh, are really bad, like a certain Shreeder who will go unmentioned. All right, anyway, um, so so Eddie Verdoliak, uh, his lawyer was um, – well, going back to Primal Fear, I, th- I remember the end of Primal Fear. Uh, it, it became clear that Edward Norton was pretending. I forget what he was like, pretending he was dumb, that dumber than he yeah. really was. And he was actually yeah. brilliant. And and Gear realized that he'd been fooled. I just gave the movie away. Oh, sorry, everybody. It's okay. I think yeah, everybody who was going to see it, it saw it. Saw it. Yeah, no one's going to see it other than me. Would go back and look at it anyway. Uh, and so I was thinking because what triggered that thought, Romana, was the Dennis reading this news item about how Eddie Verdoliak's uh, lawyer was trying to win sympathy for the judge in the sentencing by showing him pictures of a doddering old Eddie Verdoliak, talking about how Eddie Verdoliak has fallen four times, showing like that Eddie Verdoliak is just at the end of life's journey and show compassion and sympathy. And I was wondering, should I feel sorry for Eddie Verdoliak or was this an Edward Norton-like moment where they were <laughs> fooling me? Uh, what's your thoughts? Go ahead. I don't know. I just think I'm not talking as a reporter, but I, I, I can see that swaying some people because, you know, you see an old person and you're just kind of like, oh, you know, they're elderly. But just because someone's old doesn't mean and I'm not pointing to Ed, Edward Doliak's case in the situation. But, you know, there you, know, you look at people who are old and they were, you know, they worked in Nazi concentration camps. But I think it's just something that elicits like it's a human impulse, I think, especially when you come from cultures where you're supposed to respect your elderly individuals like you know i know in indian culture it's like you're supposed to respect the elderly people now that doesn't mean that anybody who's everybody who's old is awesome but you just kind of i think it just kind of triggers um a sympathy 
kind of twinge in a lot of people. So I think I think that's a natural reaction. But then you have to, you know, as a judge or, you know, as a prosecutor, you probably have to look at the whole picture. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't know how I would go on that one, but I, while Dennis was reading that, all I could think of was Edward Norton's character pulling a fast one on Richard Gere. Uh, or and- Kaiser Sozy, Kaiser Sozy was like Kevin Spacey's character pretending that he couldn't walk at the end of that movie. Do you remember that? And then which, he starts walking. Yeah, which movie was that? God, I'm forgetting the name. God, it was so famous in the 90s. Um, all right, now. Okay, this, that's the one. That, that, now we're moving. Since you mentioned the 90s, uh, this is time where I throw Generation X under the bus. Uh, and uh, that, of course, is your generation. And we already kind of made fun of you and your husband, Mick, earlier uh, this week <laughs> on the show. Uh, Generation Xers, our uh, resident Generation Xers on the show. Um, Man Cow for governor. Uh, Man Cow, the uh, popular... Uh, Radio personality, very extreme right winger. I wouldn't vote for him in a million years. He's running. He probably, if he does run, he's going to run as a Republican. Uh, who knows? It could be a publicity stunt. Did you have a fondness as a Generation Xer for Man Cow? <laughs> you said that you prop that Generation Xers are the only generation that really loves him. I was just wondering if you shared that love for him. Well, you know, he's he's a few years older than me, so he is he is a Generation Xer himself. But he was really popular in the mid '90s, I want to say. And I'm not going to lie, I did turn on the radio sometimes when he was on there, but I did not like him. So it was kind of like one of those things where I did, I turned him on, I turned him on the radio. Um, He was kind of like a Howard Stern figure, I guess, in Chicago. And he was, people would listen to him. He was really popular. I think I remember in April Fool's once, he said that Dennis Rodman was traded from the Bulls and people actually believed it. It became like a news story. And I don't know, there was, there was a height of man craziness and it probably was a lot of people from my generation listened to him was i a huge fan probably not and i don't think but i knew who he was he was that big um and then you know he then when we moved the sun times moved to the apparel center near merchandise smart this was in 2004 we of course used to be on wacker in you know that was the old sun times building so when we moved to our second home uh man cow used to work i think at q101 so i would see man cow all the time, like walking in um, in Merchandise Mart. And then I was like, oh my God, is that man cow? And this is when his popularity <laughs> kind of was a little wane. Yeah. I was actually, I was, when I wrote an article on the Cubs and liking the Cubs as a Muslim American with um, one of the rickets making those anti-Muslim and anti-immigrant comments a few years ago, I was actually asked if I, if I could be on man cow show, but I couldn't make it that day. This is when uh, Mark Conkle, your former boss, uh, <laughs> was, was was on uh, was on, was uh, Mancow show like once a week or a couple days a week, and he called me and asked me if I wanted to be in the show and talk about it. And I was kind of torn. I'm like, do I do this or do I not do it? But I, I was at the doctor's that day, so I couldn't do. Would it you have done it if you weren't at the doctor's? I don't know. I was kind of torn. I was like, should I do it? Should I not do it? Because I do know Mark Conkle, but at the same time, I was like, uh. You know, I, I, I had, um, because of uh, some other issues, I had some, I was torn about it. And then, you know, Man Cow was like, do I really want to be on Man Cow show? Um, so it didn't, it didn't happen. So I was going to say there is some Man Cow connection with me. But, you know, I saw the headline about Man Cow running for governor and my husband, um, Mick, yesterday was like did you see man call one to run for governor and i'm like you know what? i saw the headline and i just didn't want to read the story but then i said it's not like he's gonna win but then i stopped myself and said yes. then again donald trump is president so anything is possible absolutely uh i i did not dismiss it 
anymore. No more. After Donald Trump. I mean, you could say after Jesse Ventura in Minnesota yeah. uh, as well, you know, a wrestler winning. But after Donald Trump in particular, no way. Anything's possible. Uh, the cult of celebrity is really powerful uh, in this in this country. And so, yeah, I think Mankow could he could win the nomination. And then once he's the Republican nominee, anything is possible, uh, particularly with Michael Madigan, with the Republicans really taking advantage of the um, antipathy people downstate have toward Michael Madigan in the suburbs. So anything is freaking possible. It's funny you should mention that. I had a moment, I, I, re- I recollected it on the show uh, the other day, Ramana, where there wasn't a uh, Conkle, he didn't reach out to me, uh, but somebody else from a Mankow show reached out to me to ask me to come on because I was always bashing Rom and he was bashing Rom. And I just didn't want to do it. <laughs> I just did not want, I was okay for me to bash Rom. And if Mankow wants to join the parade, you know, he could bash him too. But I didn't want to go to a bunch of Republicans and, you know, throw anti democratic rhetoric their way. When are they going to bash a Republican? You know what yeah. I'm saying? It's it, your bashing and his bashing are probably different kinds of bashing. They're different strains of bashing. <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. Well put. Uh, I'm coming at it as a lefty, and I don't know what he's coming at it from. But uh, uh, anyway, so, well, now, speaking of uh, your generation behaving badly, I'm really throwing out Generation X. And you actually raised this topic, so don't blame me. Um, Kyle Rittenhouse, the 17-year-old from uh, Antioch, Illinois, who felt compelled to show up in Kenosha with uh, a, a rifle and shot, killed two people uh, and got out on bail in to a large degree because of Ricky Schroeder, uh, an actor from uh, a Gen X actor. What's the name of that movie? Uh, uh, I've just blanked on the name of his TV show. Uh, Silver, Silver Spoons. Silver Spoons. Yes. Dennis's favorite show. Um, How did you so, know? Dennis is too young. Dennis I remember, is too young. Well, I remember Silver Spoons. <laughs> It, oh, you were probably a baby. He'd be, he had like a little train he would ride yeah, on in his house. Yeah, yeah. Had yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, no, Jason Bateman was also on the show. He played his obnoxious, obnoxious friend. But everybody was like, you knew Jason Bateman. And then Alfonso Ribeiro, um, who was also on Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, he was also Ricky Schroeder's friend. Those two guys like became more famous than Ricky Schroeder himself. You know who Alfonso Ribeiro was, right, Ben? Yeah, he's... Um, uh, Carlton. Oh, yeah. There we go. You, yeah, Carl, you passed man. the 90s Carl, trivia test. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, Carlton was by far my favorite uh, character on uh, Fresh Prince. Uh, by far. Not even question. There's no one even. I still watch Carlton dancing uh, videos <laughs> on YouTube. To Tom uh, Jones. To Tom Jones, yeah. So, uh, but uh, yeah, no, Ricky Schroeder. I mean, Kyle Rittenhouse. It was really, really bizarre. Uh, it was Ricky Schroeder and the My Pillow guy who um, got, was able, their, their contributions helped Kyle Rittenhouse get bailed out or bond out. Um, yeah. And of course, yeah, so Generation Xers. But I mean, I think Ricky Schroeder, um, had um, I think people knew that he was a, a little more to the right, but I think a, a lot of genera- generation Xers are like, whoa, you know, like taking a step back. Um, I, of course, like I have a cousin who um, sent Ricky Schroeder a fan uh, mail 
in when at the height of his fame and uh she i remember her showing off this you know quote-unquote autograph pictures i told her it was probably a stamp this is in the 80s and she was showing it to me and then i texted her as soon as i saw the call written house story and ricky schroeder bailing him out i said well look at this remember when you had that picture and she's like let's pretend that never happened but ricky schroeder was a big deal i'm telling you i i had to break it to mick that ricky schroeder bailed kyle rittenhouse out he's like well, what I, I've um, the the it's interesting. It's it's funny because the uh, uh, right wingers in Hollywood are always saying they're an endangered species. People are picking on them. Uh, their f- liberties are denied. And here, this guy is publicly giving money to Kyle Rittenhouse. It doesn't seem to be affected in any way. Uh, I, I can tell you, he would never bail me out, Rick. Your shoulder. Yes, he would never bail you out. And nor I would you. I wouldn't have to kill anybody. I just you know, be on the internet and pretend that I was going to join ISIS and I'd get arrested and sent to like jail and nobody would bail me out, let alone Ricky Schroeder. Well, this is one of our our favorite themes and we can't say it enough. uh, The hypocrisy on the right when it comes uh, to violence. Uh, Kyle shot two people dead. We all know he did it. It's that's not in dispute. Uh, It's been let out of bail and it's uh, being presented, uh, portrayed as an innocent victim uh, and, uh, like the other people were the aggressors, uh, and that, so they're literally putting the victim on trial, uh, which is everything that right wingers would be so enraged at if it were happening to, let's say a police officer. Um, and so just the hypocrisy is kind of hard to take. And then when you see Ricky Schroeder coming in out of the 80s to kick in some of the money to bail him out, I don't know. It's very tough for me to take him on. Are your thoughts, please? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I'm not shocked. I know, I don't know. I, you know, so the, that's what I was saying. The funny thing is, like, for people from my generation, Ricky Schroeder. I mean, he obviously was in the Champ. I, I, I know he was in that. Wasn't he in Kramer versus Kramer? So he, I think he was like this child actor before he like jumped on the scene. Um, was he in Kramer versus Kramer? I, I, was that Ricky Schroeder, was the he, kid? Or maybe maybe it wasn't. I don't quote me. But, you know, the champ he was in with John Voight, who's also yes. a Trump, Trump supporter. So a lot of people have been, like, posting pictures of them in the champ. And, like, you know, there's been many memes on that. Um, but I don't know. He might have been the child in um, Kramer versus Kramer. I never saw that movie. I never saw the champ. According, to, Justin I, according to IMDb, yes, Ricky Schroeder was in Kramer versus Kramer. Oh, okay. I've, I've wow. been pretty good today. I've been pretty good. You um, are on a roll. <laughs> Um, uh, oh, and that movie yeah. you were talking about with Kevin Spacey, Usual Suspects. Yeah, that's what it was. Okay, sorry, that was the one thing I blanked on. But um, Ricky Schroeder, I mean, he was a big deal in the in the eighties. I mean, we all. I mean, even I like Silver Spoons, and it was like my siblings and I, my older sister, me. We liked the theme song too, and it was just about this guy who was like had a dad who worked for some toy company, and he was like kind of like a kid himself. And then, like Dennis said, he had that train. Yeah, that he wanted. I remember he wanted that train in my house. I remember so I watching like, it and going. I remember watching it going. Oh man, my life sucks. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I think I think a lot of girls thought Ricky Schroeder was cute, you know. So it was. Um, it was one of those. It was one of those things. But I, I mean, Ricky Schroeder, like that. I think the last thing I know that he was on was NYPD Blue. But um, I don't think he's done a lot in a long time. So, now, if there's any truth to the rumor uh, that the lefties control Hollywood, after giving this money to Kyle Rittenhouse, he's never going to do anything again in Hollywood. But I don't think that rumor is true uh, in any regards. Uh, and uh, by the way, I, it, I uh, looked it up. And it's uh, Ricky Shorter may have been in uh, Kramer versus Kramer, but he not play the kid. 
Oh, okay. uh, that was played maybe by a, a, an actor named Justin Henry. Who okay, I so maybe you played a friend or something. Probably a friend of the kid. Uh, and uh, it, by the way, Will Smith, I didn't talk to you about this in our pre-show conversation. This was a mini obsession of mine. I don't know if you saw this. Okay, so follow me in this. I, I guess I like Prince of uh, Fresh uh, Fresh, Fresh Prince, Prince of Bel Air. You know a a little, reboot, right? You know yes, reboot, that's what right? I'm talking about. So I was watching, uh, I was looking for Carlton bits. So I was watching bits and takes of it. And then I stumbled upon this uh, conversation between Will Smith and an actress named Janet uh, Hubert. Yeah. Um, who she played, played the original Vivian, the mom. Yes. They hated each other. Yes. Did you follow this exchange yes. at all? Yes. I, I really do. love your thoughts on this because uh, what happened, just to help people, uh, listeners out who may not have followed this, I, I was really into this. Will Smith, who was the star of the show, the driving force of the show, the most powerful person with the show, he had clout on the set, uh, made a comment that Janet Hubert, the, the actress who played Aunt Viv, was difficult, and uh, she was dropped from the show. Uh, and it, essentially... She's really struggled to get uh, roles ever since. And so they they sat down and they had this conversation where she said, you calling me difficult uh, branded me as a black woman in Hollywood. It's like a curse that I can't uh, get away from. What's your thoughts about this, Romano? Yeah, I, I remember when um, I remember when the old Vivian was replaced with the new Vivian, and you heard both of them are on the new show. So both moms. I don't know. I don't know who plays who, but um, yeah, I remember at the time in the '90s because I used to watch that show. You know, when I watch it now, it seems a little dated, but I still loved it when I was a, when I was younger. Um, and I just remember them talking about the, you know, Will Smith just like hating her. And I remember being confused because I felt like Will Smith had this like persona where he's supposed to be really friendly, but it just sounded really like, it sounded bad. It sounded like they really hated each other. So I don't know. I think that's true. I mean, what, you know, Will Smith, he was like rising at the time. He had that one song called, um, was it Parents Just Don't Understand? Or, and he was just like, you know, he was rising up the charts. And so, yeah, I, I think that could, you know, brand her. You know, I don't I don't know that much about the fight about who was like probably right and who wasn't because, you know, I'm sure actors can be difficult. Um, there are certain actors, but, you know, definitely some people have, you know, we heard about Ellen who has this persona that she's supposed to be like really friendly and fun. And then it turns out she really wasn't like that. So there could be a possibility that Will Smith really had this vendetta against this actress. And yeah, we didn't see her after that. And and I remember I liked I liked the old Aunt Viv better than the new Aunt oh, Viv. I'm, I'm team new Aunt Viv. Are you? I'm yep. old Aunt Viv. I love I new Aunt old. Viv. <laughs> I, uh, I liked I liked old Aunt Viv better than the new Aunt Viv. She that was good. They, they were both good. They were both good. They, they were, were both great. Good. They were both good. And yeah, I, I go ahead. I was going to say also, say. Uh, it was uh, I heard that Will Smith did Fresh Prince because he owed a ton of money in taxes, and it was like a way to help him pay off taxes, and it just the show skyrocketed. Yeah, uh, it was a, a shrewd move on his part. Not only paid off the taxes, but he's uh, became a millionaire yeah. and, a, and a superstar. But uh, it's a if folks are interested, you can check it out. It's on the internet, the Exchange, because she does not. Janet Hubert does not back down. Oh no, she it's, was it's, never. She was never shy. She was yeah. never shy. Shy. I remember in the nineties too. She was very vocal. Well, she no, but in this with Will Smith, she's, with Will Smith, this is a more with Will Smith. Movie. They're having this discourse, and he says, "I'm sorry," and uh, she, and she's very cool and calm, you know. But what I'm saying is, she just doesn't say, "I'm," let him get away with saying, "I'm sorry." She says, "Well, you know, it really hurt me." 
and it really hurt my career. He goes, I'm really sorry. Yeah, it's it's powerful stuff. Um, you know, where Will Smith just completely undercut the career of uh, Janet Hubert and made me f- feel bad for her. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so, uh, all right, let's move on from uh, celebrities and uh, in movie and screens and talk about uh, the double standard regarding uh, my favorite congresswoman, AOC. She may be your favorite congresswoman as well. I don't know for certain, but um, uh, this one erupted over the last week. Uh, where um, right-wingers, MAGA people, uh, Ben Shapiro were outraged. Outraged, I tell you, that AOC uh, was fundraising by selling uh, a sweatshirt for $60, later reduced to 55 Soak the rich. Your thoughts, Ta- Ramana? Wasn't, ta- wasn't it tax the rich? I think it's soak the rich, but oh, okay. But I think, right. had, I think she had a couple versions of the T-shirt. They said different slogans. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I mean, at the same time, if she's fundraising, of course the T-shirts are going to be a little overpriced. Um, I personally like. I don't know if you, you know, when you go to concerts. When I was younger, I'd always wanted a T-shirt, like you know, from the concert. And these T-shirts would be overpriced, and I'd still mm-hmm. get one. And that's just a way to get people, you know, motivate people. And I understand people wanting to have T-shirts. Like I remember taking my niece to see um, Hillary Duff in in 2003 when she was little my niece is that niece is now 26 but i remember she wanted a i bought her she's like oh can i get a sweatshirt or a t-shirt and they were like 60 bucks and i was like oh i, I you know i was like a sucker because she was my niece but i ended up buying and i was telling my sister about it. i'm like you know how much this shirt costs so you know we know t-shirts and sweatshirts and especially if they're branded by certain people they're going to be overpriced and if she was fundraising I don't know. It does. It didn't really. I mean, as 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 a non-journalist, I'm speaking not as a journalist. I mean, I'm not surprised. I'm I'm a journalist. I'm not supposed to be fun. I'm not supposed to be paying for any, you know, any country. I mean, not making any political contributions. So I'm not going to be buying that sweatshirt myself. So yeah, I mean, she even said that. You know, AOC even said that she was giving the t-shirts and sweatshirts away for free for people who volunteered for some campaign. So I don't know. I thought it was a little overblown. I don't think it caught that much traction as you think. Did you see the story? Did someone flag it for you? Cause I didn't even see it until you told me about it. I, um, how did I find it? I, I, I don't know how I found it. I, I really don't. Cause I don't follow you probably, Maggot you probably, Twitter. You probably have, um, AOC on like a Google alert or something. Maybe that's how. <laughs> no, you know what? I get this new thing. Oh, this is how it happened. This, this is Ben meets millennial age. So I got this new phone. Follow okay. me, this Romana. And so whenever I do a, um, oh yeah, this is how I know about these things. So whenever I do a Google search, which I obsessively do all the time, I've done like four of them uh, in the show today alone. Whenever I do a Google search, it, it pops up all like a list of things that are trending on oh, Google. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and so... And that's how I found out, for instance, uh, Letitia Wright, the actress, yeah. had come out against vaccines. So all the things that you used to tell me about and I would not know and I'd have to look up, you know what I'm saying? Now I know. I'm like, hip. Oh, he's I'm getting crazy. good. He's getting good, isn't he, Romana? Yeah, I know. I, yeah, he is. He, now he's got to learn how to see how things are trending on Twitter. Oh, my God. We don't uh, want to cross yeah, that yeah, bridge yeah, yet, all right? I can't stand Twitter. Uh, and um, <laughs> don't get me started on Twitter. Uh, but so I saw AOC and I looked it up and it just it just plays in the I guess more me than you that um, this notion that if you believe in eradicating, 
Yeah. Yeah, or socialism, but I would just say in the most general terms, yeah. eradicating inequities, uh, getting wealthier people to pay a greater portion of uh, the cost for running government. Uh, if you believe in that, then you're what? You're supposed to wear like torn, Rats. tattered T-shirts, eat bologna sandwiches, any time. You're, I don't see how it's hypocritical if you enjoy the finer things in life. I agree. You know I agree. Yeah. I mean, some people, like even some people on the left think that you have to like look a certain way and be poor and not like anything that's designer and i don't think that's true you can still like that stuff and still speak out you know what i mean as long as you're yeah i think there needs to be a balance i mean you could still like fashion and aoc likes fashion that's like everybody that knows that and and you know people think that just because she dresses a certain way that she's blowing off a lot of money on her clothes and she actually isn't you know sometimes you can get good deals on a lot of things so and you can sometimes dress well and like a, a wardrobe that doesn't cost that much so i don't know i don't know why people think that if you are someone who is against uh, social inequity that you're not going to try try to like raise money to bring awareness to certain causes or for campaigns it's i mean bernie sanders is a millionaire isn't he and i know yes. some people bring that up too but i'm like well is he not supposed to make any money like he wants everybody wants to live comfortably and i think there's if you happen to be someone that you know i mean there's people who are probably not making that much money i mean there's a lot of trump supporters who aren't making that much money so like so am i supposed to say well you're supposed to be rich because you like donald trump you know what i mean it's just i don't know the logic is like a little flawed. Yeah. Well, the the notion they want to uh, undercut the guilt that they may have uh, that they're supposed to feel. I doubt Ben Shapiro feels any guilt whatsoever about anything, but the, the guilt that they are supposed to feel at the fact that they're reaping the benefits of a system that's rigged uh, in their favor. Like this story was in the Sun Times yesterday, and the New York Times and the Tribune about how one percent. The top 1% uh, of the people who got uh, loans from the federal government to protect the payroll uh, got 25% of the money. So you get what I'm saying? It's like yeah. the richest getting rich get rich. Exactly. And uh, so my response to them is, hey, if it's hypocrisy because... Uh, you don't believe in government coming to the aid of people in need. Why are then you with the first one in line with your hand out? So I guess everybody plays that game to a certain degree. For sure. All right. Uh, now we're coming to a, a favorite part of the show. Actually, it's the first time we've ever done this. Uh, and it was Romana who uh, alerted me to this uh, bit that we're going to play. Dennis is going to play. And this falls under the category of Indian Americans behaving badly. And I didn't know about this story until Romana alerted it to me. Uh, so, Ramana, then I listened to it. I said, oh, my God, we have to play this and get your play-by-play uh, -play on this one. This may be one one of the worst moments of a Trumpster. I don't know. There's so many that are in the running, but this is a, a MAGA supporter in Michigan uh, talking about the need for voters uh, to identify themselves uh, with ID cards. So, Dee, play it away. Absolutely. Hold on. Let me uh, rewind it here. Ramana, how was your holiday? Was it a good, good holiday? Uh, it was It was okay. Yeah. I, I missed my family. We all kind of ate at our respective homes. We shared food and divided it and but it was okay it was it was it wasn't my it wasn't one of my best thanksgivings but i'm glad i'm healthy and i'm happy so i was thankful how about yours it was good it was good same did, same did you go back home or stay in chicago oh i was in chicago yeah i went to my girlfriend's and her uh had dinner with her mom it was good times oh. hey, hey here's that video okay okay <laughs> 
Okay, come on, your phone. Hold on, gang. There we go. The other representative said that you can actually show up and vote without an ID. It's shocking. How can you allow that to happen? Like, a lot of people think all Indians look alike. I think all Chinese look alike. So how would you tell? God. If some chow shows up, you can be anybody and you can vote. And if somebody with my name, you can't even tell my name. Anybody can vote on my behalf. So ID should be the basic requirement. Please, um, let's let her contestify, everyone. <laughs> the other representative said... Oh, my oh God. God. Oh, God. You know, okay. some people think all Indians look alike. I think all Chinese look alike. Well, and then the people well, clap. Well, I should tell you something that's really funny before. Okay. I personally do not disagree with this woman. And I was ashamed as an Indian that it was an Indian woman who said this. But, you know, the funny thing was I was telling my husband. I mean, I don't drink. But, you know, one of the things that a lot of uh, teenagers do is get a fake ID, right? So, um my friends who were East Asian and my friends who were South Asian in the 80s and 90s, whenever we needed an ID, all we would do was ask one of our friends for their IDs. We didn't need fake IDs because everybody thought we'd look alike. Like I would go into like my cousin when he was in college, he went to Champaign and he goes, hey, listen, we all want to go out. And one of my friends is like 920. She was in college and we all want to go out and uh, can she be using her ID for the weekend? And I was like, Sure, but I'm like she better not be ugly. That's all I'm saying. So, so my, so my the people we used to use each other's IDs to get into places. Like you know, Samina Mustafa's on your show. Her sister, who's like five years younger than us, one of her sisters, she used my Northwestern ID to go to Northwestern the library. She was able to use it. My niece has been able to use my ID for the gym. But this is like in 2000s now. Yeah. But it's funny. Well, so we we do make jokes about that because if you take it to a club. Like in the 90s, in the 80s, like everybody would use each other's IDs. And my Korean friends would say the same thing. They're like, we don't need fake IDs. We just take our friends or our siblings and we can get in anywhere. But that's totally not true. We don't all look alike. We just use we just use that because we used uh, people thinking we all looked alike for our advantage when we were teenagers and young adults. But for this woman to say that, I mean, I heard this woman. First of all, she didn't even give her name. I'd like to know her name. And second of all, she is like going on the worst stereotype ever and then she couldn't even prove that there was voter fraud and i'm just like what is your problem like that is just like the dumbest thing to say so it's like this hearing in the michigan state legislature sounded like just like a joke and so for for, uh, my my siblings and i and some of my friends were all kind of sharing this information and we're just like oh my god and then she's apparently she started comparing like the elections in the United States, the elections in India, and I was just like, God, just stop. Yeah. Just stop. You know what stop. I mean? And, yeah, please stop. And I have to say, Ben, you know, the person of the year on Time Magazine is a young Indian American teenager. So that makes up for that. That's trending on Twitter today. A 15-year-old girl is the person of the year, um, Indian American on Twitter. She's a scientist, a young budding scientist. So I was like, okay, that makes up for the, our Indian, <laughs> our embarrassing Indian yesterday. Keeps her out. So I did not know that, and I just lost a bet. Oh my goodness! I just you said that I lost a bet. I had a I made a bet with an old friend, Josh. If you're listening, you won the bet. Actually, I don't even know what the bet was, uh, but uh, I think I lost a bet because I. We were talking about who would be Times Person of the Year. And oh. I said, it'll be Biden, of course. He won the election. They always – and I did you – know, wrong again. It's, <laughs> a, it's, a, it's a kid. It's a first-time Time Magazine had named a kid. It's a 15-year-old um, Indian-American girl. 
Do you know where she's from? Like which uh, city? No, I'm not sure. State? But Angelina Angelina Jolie interviews her um, in the Time Magazine article. It's trending on Twitter. Yeah, it was right. at least a couple hours ago. Well, you this know, is, this I'll, is why you have to be, have to be updated on Twitter. Uh, updated would be Dennis has like, to show you. Young Dennis uh, has to show get you. Get on Twitter. It would be like you can't even read update. It's like I get on Twitter. You know, we figured out the mute button yesterday. We'll, we'll get we'll get to Twitter. We'll get there. Uh, all right, let's uh, close with uh, Romana's recommendation. Uh, what do you got uh, to recommend for us, Romana? So my recommendation, as I was telling you earlier, um, this uh, earlier today is a Turkish drama. It's eight parts series called ethos it's a really good drama it's um it's not like fast paced it's it's a little slow and it shows you how different cross sections of turkish society their lives kind of intersect it's actually very poignant and it points to like you know everybody always when they talk about turkey they talk about secularization um turkey's a muslim mostly muslim country and and it shows you kind of the paths of those who are, you know, quote unquote, more religious and those who are secular. And it doesn't really demean any of the characters. It doesn't make the religious, you know, the religious characters seem like, um, you know, they're like dumb or foolish. And it doesn't really show that all the secular people are necessarily smarter. So I think it's very nuanced and I really enjoyed it. So if you're into something that's a little more serious and a little more poignant, um, I would recommend Ethos, and it's doing really well. And um, on Netflix, it pops up as one of the more popular series on Netflix. And my younger sister told me about it, and she's like, "Oh, I don't know if you'd like it. It's a little slow, but I loved it." If if you're looking for something a little more thoughtful, and I also while I was watching that um, after work, I'd also watch um, The Undoing with Hugh Grant and Nicole Kidman, which was like all the rage. And my one of my friends was telling me to watch. It's about this. Um, a uh, young uh, a man who has an affair with um, this woman, and she ends up dead. And Hugh Grant plays that man. He's like this successful uh, physician married to Nicole Kidman. And I have to say, we were talking about courtroom scenes earlier from the Edward Norton film. Mm-hmm. Uh, this has courtroom scenes, and it, it just annoyed me. I didn't like the show as much as other people did. I thought it started off strong, and then it got really weak towards the end, and I knew who the killer was. It was pretty obvious. Um, but the courtroom scenes were just, like, ridiculous. Like, if you ever covered court court in real mm-hmm. life, you're just like, that never would have happened. Like, like the um, defense attorney, all of a sudden, she decides to put this <laughs> 10-year-old kid on the stand in the middle of the trial. Like, I'm like, that never would have happened. It's just, it was a little funny and um it, it kind of made me chuckle a couple of times, but it, it, if you want to watch like a popcorn, like entertaining, like, like ethos is my more like thoughtful. And if you want to like watch something that's a little more cerebral, you'd watch that. And if you just want to not think about anything, you'd watch the undoing. Well, you, you know, the, I kind of want to watch ethos, but you keep saying it's slow and it's it, 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 your endorsement of ethos is sort of like the most like, how do I put it? Undercutting endorsement I've ever well, seen. Well, no, I, I want to say it's good. I want to say it's good, but I'm just saying, like, I know you, Ben, you like fun things. Like, you don't want necessarily something necessarily dark. It's not dark. I don't want to say it's dark. I'm just saying that it might not be everybody's cup of tea, but okay. it's it's gotten it's gotten. You know, watch one episode and see what you say. Think. I'm gonna give it a, sh- uh, a shot this weekend, and then I, I could get hooked. And after that setup from you, I'm a little embarrassed. I already revealed to you what my <laughs> recommendation. I'm a little embarrassed because talk about something that's really dumb uh, and really sweet. Uh, happiest season, uh, which is a Christian Stewart movie. Uh, 
about a dysfunctional family and that is forcing uh, its um, a daughter to pretend that she's straight when she's a lesbian. I can't believe I liked it as much as I did. I'm a little embarrassed to admit okay. that I liked it. It's okay. I heard, and I heard uh, Dan Levy's and Dean Levy's son from Super yeah. Creek. I, yeah. heard, I heard he kind of steals the show where people really liked him. He got the best lines, but I gotta say, Kristen Stewart was pretty good. I'm like, dang, she's good. She, she did a good. Job. I don't listen, man. Don't. I'm really. Um, this is one of my recommendations where I put an asterisk next to it, saying, uh, "Buyer beware." I'm embarrassed. Well, mine, <laughs> mine was like, a, mine, mine was an asterisk too, and saying that it might not be for everyone, and it, it's not like it's not like there's a big reveal, but it it, it does talk about um, you know humanity. But yeah, it's okay to like, I, I, it's okay, Ben, you could like. It's okay to like schlock? Okay. Yeah, well, I really like liked schlock. Happiest Season was a lot. A, was it on a Hallmark or a Hallmark I don't movie? know if it's, I mean, it's Hallmark-like, but I don't know if literally if Hallmark was the producer. I remember those Hallmark uh, shows from back in the day, but I, I have no idea. But it's very Hallmark-esque, you know what I'm saying? And it all works out uh, did well. It, did, it, did it make you cry like Sophia Loren? No. Sophia Loren, oh, God. No, but I've been I've been watching a lot of Sophia Loren movies since then. Sophia Loren, that movie uh, which is on Netflix, A Life Ahead, is my favorite movie of the year. I think. Really? No, uh, a movie I I can't remember what I saw in the twenty. Well, you know, I, I, an asterisk next to that, Ramona, because I haven't seen a lot of movies because of the pandemic. I've seen mostly. Uh, uh, streaming shows so um anyway all right ramana thank you so much stay safe and sound and uh we'll talk to you next week okay it's good seeing you guys take care oh ramana wait ah i miss her every time to give her my recommendation i was gonna <laughs> i was gonna suggest uh that she watch ben shapiro's sunday special on youtube <laughs> yes indeed ramana hussein thank you very much excellent job as you always do and of course the man the myth the legend the pride and joy of all in illinois without whom the show would be possible as Will Smith, as Janet that's my Will as Smith Ricky impression. Schroeder, oh, that's pretty good. And as Man Cow, Man Cow, we'll tell you. Back home at Alton, they call him Doctor D. Give yourself a raise, take it out of petty cash. Have a great weekend, everybody. This little light of mine. I- that is correct. That is correct. I guess it's biked around Lake Michigan. Just biked around Lake Michigan. I just biked around Lake Michigan. Nearly a thousand miles. <laughs>